Hello, and welcome to another episode of Unfiltered with Sahar Golshani. <laughs> Y'all hate me, I know it, it's okay, but it's fine because I hate myself too, but it's okay, we should all love ourselves at the end of the day. <laughs> Hi, have you guys seen that TikTok where it's like the, they awkwardly come in, they're like, Hi! How y'all doing? That's literally me. I know it's been a million and a half years since I gave out a podcast and you guys have been inundating me with messages in my Instagram, Instagram, Instabox, (laughs) inbox and asking me when the podcast is coming and here it is. Advanced apologies because I am actually sick right now. So if I sound a little nasally or if I'm breathing weird or like a little bit congested, that is why. Um, I was going to push the podcast out another week, but then I was like, if I do that, they will actually probably (laughs) group murder me. So here it is. Here I am. Hello. How have you guys been doing? I hope you are having an amazing summer. I know summer's probably, not even probably, summer's pretty much almost finish it's we're in august right now it's august 3rd we only have like what a month left of summer where the fuck did it go i i don't understand like toronto has had probably the shittiest summer that i've ever experienced it has been sunny throughout the week when people work and then as soon as it hits the weekend it's been raining and cloudy and gray so it fucking sucks. And then there's wildfires that are happening in BC and they're coming over to our side and it's just horrible. There's actually wildfires in Ontario too. Um, the world is slowly burning. We're all slowly dying. We all know this, but let's look at the cup half full. <laughs> let's just inject some toxic positivity. Um, yeah, no, let, let's be positive vibes though. I, I hope you're having a good summer. Whether you're having a hot girl summer or a rat girl summer. (laughs) On TikTok, I saw this thing called rat girl summer. And it's pretty much the philosophy of scurrying around in the sunshine, nibbling on our little snacks and finding ourselves where we have no business being. (laughs) Full rat girl summer. Now, (laughs) I thought that was fucking genius because why have a hot girl summer when you can have a rat girl summer? (laughs) I'm all about nibbling like the snacks and scurrying about. (laughs) I get, I love it. I was dying. I was like, oh my God, this is too genius. So whether you're having a hot or a rat girl summer, I hope you're having a good summer all around and you're doing the most while stressing the least because YOLO. Um, yeah, I my summer's been really boring, to be honest. I've gone to like a handful of events here and there. Haven't done really any of the music festivals. And I think that's just because like, maybe it's my age. I'm like, I'm turning 33 in a month. So like music festivals are just like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, meh. I'd rather go to like good events. Anyways, I went and saw the Barbie movie last week because my um, cousins were visiting from Vancouver, my dochter, the two of them. So I was like, let's all dress up in our Barbie outfits and go watch the movie. And I know a lot of you guys were wondering what my opinion was on the movie or what I thought and my take on it. Don't know why you guys want to hear what I think, but apparently you do. And I'm going to vent about it for a extensive period of time because I have a lot of thoughts about the movie. First and foremost, I fucking loved the Barbie movie. Okay. I thought it was amazing. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about feminism and women's rights, and misogyny, and how women are still to this day portrayed and made to feel. So every day, it it becomes more and more evident to me that we are surrounded by misogynistic idiots. And pick me people. I wouldn't even say pick me girls. Pick me people 
who feed into that. First off, okay, let's, let me just gather my thoughts. Um, okay, so have you ever noticed how in superhero movies, there's only maybe like one, maximum two women in like the big superhero group? Like it's mostly and mainly men. And when you grow up seeing this, it creates an idea in your head that cool people who do cool things are only or mostly men. And if there is a woman in the mix, she's the only one. Or like I said, there's max, max like two of them. This creates the idea that for a woman to be picked, to be chosen by the guys, she has to be unique and different from all the girls, you know, like she has to be one of the guys and have the guy like male interests and like, you know, be accepted by the dudes. And, and, but besides that, you know, in most of the cases, how are they different? Because the female characters usually don't get a lot of character growth, if any. So what really stands out as the sole female in an otherwise group of men who are superheroes, it's always about her looks. So when you as a little girl see these movies, you're subconsciously learning that your appearance is your best shot at a quote-unquote cool life, and your looks are the single most interesting thing about you. So anyways, I, I like I said, I watched the Barbie movie. I fucking loved it. Granted, okay, hear me out. The plot wasn't amazing, okay? I wasn't like, wow, what a beautiful storyline, okay? But it did the job because the topics within it that they touched upon the movie were fucking amazing. They were so good. Like, that speech by America Ferreira literally made me cry because... I was like, it was just so emotional. Like, Blondie was sitting beside me, and I was like, <laughs> and he just looks over. He's like, oh, my God, babe, why are you crying? I'm like, because it me. It's so me. Like, it was. And if you think about it, let's put it this way. In, in a patriarchy, male is always the default. You know, it's it's a chairman of the board uh, at a store. It's a salesman. Um, you know, in, in, in politics, it's a congressman. You would use that, you use these words interchangeably for both genders. But you'll never see a man being called a saleswoman, or you'll never be, see a woman be called the chairwoman of the board, right? And I feel like... This male-geared language expands to a lot more. So in medicine, even, you know, women are grossly understudied. For the longest time, drugs were tested only on men, and then the findings were just blanketed across everyone. It's just become so ingrained in us that I feel like we no longer even notice when it happens. And that's what's detrimental. None of us even bat an eye when someone calls a woman a chairman, you know? But you would totally notice it if someone called a guy a chairwoman. Double standard? I think so. So, you know, I've been on social media and I see all the comments of people just being like, oh my God. I saw this one comment where it was like, if the roles were reversed, this movie would get so much like shit. Like it would get shit on so much if we made a movie about men. Da, da, da. I'm like, um, excuse me. Are you talking about literally every single movie ever? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Every single movie in the world is the roles reversed where the men treat the women like shit. Are you crazy? The roles have always been reversed. You just don't notice it. Because patriarchy is everything. Like, it's a filter that you've always had on your eyes. Therefore, you don't notice it. Like, are you kidding me right now? Get your facts straight. Read a book or two. Like, get a little bit more, like, I don't know, cultured. Because you are not it. You don't understand. So many parts of this movie were amazing, though. Like, 
like the scene where you know they're rollerblading. I can't speak when they are rollerblading in the world for the first time, and and Ken feels admired and like he's loving it, but Barbie feels unsafe and she feels objectified, and you know what I mean. She just is uncomfortable. Oh my god! Or fuck you guys. Hands down, the best character of that movie was Alan. Like, can we just take a moment? of appreciation for Alan because he was the representation of the very few men out there who get it, who are on women's sides and will help the cause, but unfortunately just get pushed to the side because they don't look like Ken. Honestly, date an Alan. Fuck all the Kens out there. Date and Alan. I, I threads you just recently came out and I started using it and I put a thread and I said that I hate 99% of cis heterosexual men. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> like, but that small, like 2% that I do like, they are Alan's and I love them and I will kill for them, you know? Ride or die. <laughs> Blondie, I mean, is Blondie an Alan? Not entirely. He's like 70% an Alan. Because sometimes when we talk, I can feel and see the fact that he grew up in Iran in the things he says. And I know it's not necessarily his fault. Like certain ideologies he has, not even ideologies, just, yeah, maybe. Like certain things he just says aren't ideal. but. The good thing is that he's very open to conversation and, and to learning about these things. So when he says something and then I'll quickly like, you know, school him on it, he'll be like, oh, my God. Yeah, you're right. Like, I never thought of it like that. Or like, thank you for like opening up my eyes. And, and this is what we want. <laughs> this is what we want in men where if they, you know, make a mistake, you can talk to them and teach them and then they course correct and they become Allens <laughs> because we want more Allens. Are there any Kens out there who, who, who look, are there any, no, are there any Allens out there who look like a Ken, but act like an Allen? I mean, Blondie kind of, but again, he's not fully there. He's like 60, 70% there. I don't think you'll ever find someone who's a hundred percent Allen, but looks like Ken. That's a, call me if you find that, bro. That's a unicorn. We need to lock him up in a cage and study him <laughs> and then steal his sperm and just procreate with just that sperm because it is rare. Um, another negative comment I've seen men saying is that the messages in the movie were repetitive and it was nothing that I haven't heard before. Bro. <laughs> bro. What seems repetitive to you is just an echoing chorus of women telling you how profoundly impossible it is to be a woman. Being a woman has become a paradox. It is impossible to be one thing that society wants us to be without encroaching upon another thing that makes us less acceptable, which only serves to negate and then cancel out every single thing that we do until we're literally exhausted just from the effort of simply trying. <laughs> this movie, if anything, is just yet another nail in the coffin, yet another cry of solidarity from women among countless others that tells girls and, and women alike that obviously we will never give up on our dreams. You know, uh, dreams of a world where our very existence is not threatened with violence or hatred or judgment. You, as a man, <laughs> will obviously never understand why this movie means so much to the female audiences who have been so excited about it. It's not because of the doll. Sure, it could be like maybe 5-10% of it because of the familiarity and because I'm having growing up, grown up with Barbies. But it's because of the fact that we have a movie that is created for us. Because newsflash, everything in the world, including the very world itself, is created by men for men. 
And at the end of the day, like I said, did the Barbie movie have a complicated or intriguing plot or an intricate backstory for each and every character? No. But it's because it didn't need to. It wasn't created to be a movie renowned and talked about because of something as surface level as a good plot, you know? It was created to highlight the flaws in the historically rigid dichotomy between men and women. So where you might think, oh, it wasn't that great or it wasn't made for men, I saw recognition. I saw women as they are, as they should be. And if anything, I saw women, uh, I saw a movie that men everywhere should watch and their partners should quiz them on after. You know what I mean? If you go watch this movie with your boyfriend, you should have a full list of pointers and notes and quiz him on it to un- like to see if he actually understood. Did he get the assignment or not? Because if he didn't, honey, we need to go watch that movie again. <laughs> Because you obviously, maybe you're a slow learner. We'll go watch it again and we'll quiz you again. It's okay. You'll have a second chance. (laughs) So what did we learn? (laughs) We learned that this movie was actually fucking awesome. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Oh, here's another thing. Or the fact that, that Ken took everything that Barbie worked for without an ounce of remorse. Instead of creating his own space to excel in, he took hers. He watched her suffer and questioned her worth, kind of partially at his hands, but then continues to claim that he loves her. Like, how many times have we had this happen to us? How many stories have you heard of girls doing the most for their boyfriends, their boyfriends treating them like shit, but then at the same time being like, but I love you no how about you go fucking cut off your dick and fuck yourself with it (laughs) literally because i've heard this story too many times where you're toxic you hurt each other or we're not talking about each other we're talking about the guy the guy being an asshole treating you like shit but then turning around and being like but i love you like fuck off ken And and the fact that in the end, even after Ken did all of this stuff, Barbie was still left with the responsibility of encouraging him and being his emotional support. Like, girl, she even apologized to him for leading him on. But guess what? Guess what the kicker is? Ken never apologizes. He doesn't apologize for stealing her house, for brainwashing her friends. He doesn't apologize for establishing that whole patriarchy. He doesn't apologize for any of it. What? (laughs) But Barbie does. And how many times do we see this in real life where the woman becomes the emotional like baggage carrier and the fixer upper? And the guy just gets to be like, like, fuck off, bro. Or, or what else did I really like? Oh, 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 the part where America Ferreira pitches the idea of a normal Barbie to Will Ferrell. And then at first he's like, no, 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 that's not it. That would never sell. And then someone behind him, one of the guys on his team, says, oh, actually, that's a good idea. And right when the guy, the male colleague, says it's a good idea, then Will Ferrell is like, actually, yeah, that's a great idea. That just shows, like, how many ideas by women are only accepted once they are validated by men and not because they're actually fucking organically good ideas. And that just, oh, so many points in this movie Literally, like, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, thank you. Ugh. Or like, oh, oh, um, have you guys ever heard of the Bechdel test? So the Bechdel test is when, um, so uh, um, let me say it like this. A movie will pass the Bechdel test if it has two female characters having a conversation with each other and that conversation is not about a man. So it's kind of a way to see how inherently misogynistic filmmaking in Hollywood is. So surprisingly, a lot of movies don't pass this test. Harry Potter, Shrek, Avatar, Lord of the Rings, 
are just some of the, like the few movies that fail this test. And it just shows you like if you literally go online and search movies that fail the Bechdel test. And it's pretty much like almost every like big ass movie you've seen. It's wild. And like I'm again, I'm just I'm so glad that this movie came out. I'm so glad that we were finally given a movie that was made just for us and that gets us, that makes us feel seen, you know, it, within the wrapping of Barbie, sure. But again, it wasn't about the doll. I mean, yeah, I had Barbies when I was a kid. I wasn't like a fully like obsessed with Barbie. I had Barbies. Um, being an immigrant mother, my mom didn't let me open half of them because they were um, decorations in my room. So I wasn't even allowed to open them. Remember? Like, imagine. Remember, as if you guys were in my childhood. But <laughs> maybe some of you actually do remember because your moms were like this too. I wasn't allowed to, like, the really nice Barbies that I would get as, like, birthday presents, I wasn't allowed to even open. The, like, cheaper ones I was allowed to open and I would fuck them up. Like, <laughs> the weird Barbie in the movie, that was all of my Barbies because I would, like, cut their hair, do all the shit to them. Um, but, yeah, the pretty ones I wasn't even allowed to play with. Honestly, I don't know. I feel like I could sit here and talk for hours about this movie and what it meant and what it means, but um, I think we'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I think I raged enough. If if there are any men in your life that didn't like the movie or speak badly about it or they just, I don't know, they're like, well, it was made for girls. I don't know. Honestly, just snip their balls off. Snip their balls off while they sleep because we do not need these men to procreate. That is the last thing that the earth needs right now. We're already overpopulated. That man specifically who <laughs> didn't get the assignment, didn't get the message, does not need to procreate. You don't need your balls. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Um, so since it's been a minute, uh, let me give you like a life update. Not, not really a life update. It's more just like a, things that happened in my life. So like, let's like, you know, the way I treat this podcast is like, you're my friend and I, my bestie and I haven't seen you in a while. And I'm just filling you in on things that have happened in my life. <laughs> no. Um... I recently realized that a toxic trait of mine is triggering edons. Now, what is an edon? An edon is the new term that me and my friends use. Um, you know how previously, you know, we would use, or we P Iranians who grow up here have been known to use the term fob. And it was used for people who had the more negative Iranian societal traits. I just, I don't think it's the right term to use anymore. Because FOB is, or FOB was, how we used it was, FOB was a mindset. It had nothing to do with how long you've been outside Iran. And so it just, it didn't make sense to call someone fresh off the boat. Because again, it has it has nothing to do with the time that you've been outside of Iran. Nothing at all. Because sometimes you'll find someone who has lived here for 20 years and they're still like, quote unquote, fob. So we've decided to call people who have the more negative Iranian traits, Irons, but we'll say it with like an English accent, like Irons. Um, so I have a toxic trait of triggering Irons. Okay. Um, let me tell you the story. So <sighs> I love dancing. I love going to music events. I don't go to many because I only go to ones where I know the DJ and they play my style of music, which is a more like tribal house, Middle Eastern house kind of an ethnic element to it. Now, unfortunately... Those kinds of DJs attract a certain crowd of Irons <laughs> that don't necessarily come for the music. They mostly come because Barnomas, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they want to do extracurricular activities, aka drugs. 
Now, I personally have nothing against drugs. I've made podcasts about certain substances and and I use some myself. It's all good. Like I've actually recently been dabbling in a little bit of ketamine, which is really cool. Um, just a little segue before we go on. I tried it a couple times. I know it's a horse tranquilizer, which is fucking like crazy when you like think about it like that. But me and Blondie tried it and we were like, whoa, this is really cool. We feel like we're like a little bit drunk, but we haven't even drank because we're trying not to drink. Like we literally haven't been drinking at all because it's just health, right? When you get older, you want to um, get healthier. So we just stopped drinking and we tried came. We're like, whoa, this gives you the same vibe for like obviously a shorter time. It lasts like 20, 30 minutes and then there's no hangover. And then we like started researching about it just online like really surface level google like we do need to sit and actually do a deeper like research on it but just from what we read initially there's no real bad side effects to it and a lot of psychologists use it in antidepressant studies is that did i say that right antidepressant studies yeah so i don't know in our very surface level initial search we were like, K is kind of cool and it's like not bad. There's no side effects. There's no, there's no negatives to it. So I don't know. We've, that's what we've been doing recently. Just like we'll do like a bump or two and that's it. And we'll last the entire time. No hangover. You're not drinking alcohol and killing your liver. It's way cheaper because you buy like we buy a baggie for like $80 and that lasts us for like three four five months because you you know what i mean anyways um so all to say i have nothing against drugs because everyone does a substance to have fun a few weeks ago my friend shayan who goes by sean nash is playing at an event in toronto and i had met shayan in california and like you know he was like in our inner circle of friends we would go to his house not his house sorry other people's houses he would play i met him at loot like it, we were friends and so i tell my friends in toronto i'm like oh my god we have to go shayan's coming to toronto it's going to be awesome he plays such good tracks he's very like dadvishi electronic vibes which i was like i'm into it's going to be awesome so we get there and we're dancing to the opening DJs and we're having a great time. Shion starts his set because there was two stages. One was inside, one was outside. So we were inside dancing. Shion starts his set outside and I'm like, oh my God, guys, he started. So we run outside and we go to the other area. He's playing his set. He's blasting some like truly sick ass beats and tracks. So just imagine, imagine you are at... It doesn't matter. Imagine any music event that you love. Like, it could be your favorite artist. It could be your favorite DJ. Just imagine an artist that you really like is playing, like, some sick-ass music. And you're there. You're excited. Everyone around you is excited. Everyone's dancing. Like, having a great time. But then imagine, like, in, in the very front, like, three people, three, four people are standing in front of the DJ booth. And while everyone else is dancing and like, like, yeah, la, 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 these four people are just standing there, not moving, not doing anything, just killing the vibe, not like literally Borja Zahramar vibes, okay? Killing, murdering, obliterating the entire vibe. Because when you're in the front, you are kind of like a curator of the vibe. You know, people who go to stand by the DJ or in the front of a concert are usually the most hyped up people. They are like really positive vibes, bringing the energy, giving energy to the DJ, giving energy to each other, having a good time. Because again, the people in the front are usually like the people who are the most excited for that artist. And so they're like looking at each other, smiling at each other like, oh my God, you also really dig this artist too. Me too. They just start dancing. But these four people were just like, I don't know, man. It was like they came to a funeral. Like, I get it. Okay, I get it. 
not everyone has to be a professional dancer, but like, can you bop your head? Can you do a shuffle to the right and left? Can you like do a mini fist pump? <laughs> like nothing. And like all this guy would do was come up to them every like 20 to 30 minutes and give them coke. And like, listen, I've done cocaine before. And to be honest, it's not my thing. I personally, this is my own opinion. I think it's gross. Do I judge people who do it? No. Would I judge my friends if they did it? Yes. I would tell them to fucking get their act right because I don't know. It, it does nothing. It does nothing but boost your ego. And, and the people who do coke, to be honest, um, especially those type of Erons when they do it, like that guy was a typical Eron man. And he's just like boosted. It just boosts your ego to make you think like you're the shit. Literally, it's, it's the most trash drug that I've ever tried. And, and I'm not going to tell you guys if you haven't done it not to do it. I tell everyone to try. You know, if you want to try it, go ahead and try it and then make your own decision. But for me personally, I was like, what the fuck? This is the most dumb thing ever. It doesn't do anything. It just like inflates your ego. It makes you like hyper aware. And because you your ego is so inflated, you literally think you're like the most richest, the most smartest, the most beautiful person in the world. Which, like, is good to feel like that on, like, a positive vibes thing. But this takes, like, times a thousand where you're, like, you know what I mean? Like, unrequited confidence that you should not have. No one should have this much confidence. So, I mean, let me say one positive about it. The only good thing about cocaine is when you find yourself too drunk... One bump, like if you're like blasted, you're like too drunk, you're like sloppy, one bump, it'll sober you up. So that really is the only thing that I think cocaine is good for. Um, anyways, again, it was not even about the fact that they were doing drugs because, again, it's a music event. Everyone does some sort of substance. Sure, have fun. Do your thing. Everyone is there to do whatever the fuck they want to do. You know what I mean? Bemancha. Have fun. My problem is with the fact that Shoyan would play a track with, and you guys have seen like DJs at DJ events. It's like, there's like a drop. There's always like, dun, 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 You know what I mean? Like the drop happens and everyone goes, yeah, they're like dancing. These, again, they were just standing. And they were deaf and they couldn't hear the music. And then they would have full conversations with each other. And then again, it's like, I get it. Like if you want to have a good time, Go to the back. Go to the back and have a good time. Go to the back and do your drugs. <laughs> like, I'm sure that like, and the girls look young too. They look like they were max, like maybe 19. Like, I'm sure you don't like want to be seen doing these things. Because you know what I mean? Like typical Iran girls, they're like, and you know that kind of shit? Like, I don't know, man. Like, why couldn't you just do your shit in the back? Like, why'd you guys have to come and kill the vibe for everyone? And it, listen, it wasn't even just me that was annoyed by them. Everyone around us was also annoyed. There was this one girl who literally screamed at them. She was like, Misha <laughs> Berachzin. It was really funny. I was dying. Um, but what really escalated it is was at one point, the guy pushed me. And then I like kind of pushed him back because I was like, what the fuck? Why are you pushing me to the side? Because I was, I wanted to go back to my spot. And then he turns around. He's like, why are you pushing me? And I'm like, um, I didn't. I'm just trying to go back to my spot. And he's, and then he pushes me again. He's like, who do you think you are? <laughs> it's like, bro, ew. <laughs> like, I like, literally just laughed in his face. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> who do you think? I should have been like, you don't know me. Don't ever think. Think, you know. <laughs> Um, so then the funny thing is that the girl who was the promoter who brought Shayan Nassim, my friend, was standing behind the DJ. So she was witnessing all of this. She saw this. And so she's like, sad. she literally pointed, found me a new spot on the other side of this um, stage, like on the other side of the front. 
So then we moved over and we stood and we enjoyed the rest of the set. But it just boggles my mind that some of these Erons don't know how to party. And I guess I also, at the same time, understand, okay? In Iran, there's no parties, there's no music events, right? So people don't know the culture of going to an, an event or to a party. And it's just not in... Balad you know what I mean? They don't know how. So they don't come for the music. They don't come to dance. They just come for the sake of getting drunk or doing drugs and showing face. So... Yeah, my entire friend group was like, this is the worst crowd ever, Sahar. This fucking sucked. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I felt bad because I was the one who suggested let's go to this event. Obviously, the next day I go on social media to vent, as I always do. And I make this point. I'm like, if you're coming to a party and standing in front of the DJs, those spots, as I said before, are usually for the most positive energy and vibe-carrying people. Watch any DJ set. The ones behind and or around the DJ are always the ones that are the most lit and dancing and just having a great time. A few days pass, and someone sends me a story from some... I feel like I can't even call her an Iran because she literally is a fob. Okay, this in this one case, I feel like I can call her a fob, but whatever, it doesn't matter. So this was some random girl. I don't even know who she is. Blasting, I guess she was friends with those people. But she's blasting me on social media because she got mad that I called out her friends. And the funniest part of the entire situation and that like stupid Iran mentality. She's like this, she's like this, she's like, yeah, people can do whatever they want at parties. I don't like people who don't mind their own business and mind other people's privacy. This girl who's like Khadiji Irani, um, who is talking shit about my friends, doesn't even consider that they have Aberu. Doesn't she understand that they have Aberu? Maybe she doesn't come from a family, but these girls do. Segway. I get Aberu, then why the fuck are they doing coke in the middle of a crowd of like everyone and in the front where everyone can see them? Anyways, she continues. I literally have a video of her and her boyfriend at an event at a club named Nomad. And me and my friends videoed them because we were saying, damn, they need to get a room because her boyfriend was all over her and we filmed it. People don't like to see that either. So you should watch what you're saying to others before you're so sexual with your boyfriend. <laughs> Can you guys just like... <laughs> Bro, Iran mentality, the hypocrisy... Like, are you guys hearing this? Like, am I just... Are we serious? How you, can you believe how fucking dumb this person must be? Because I can't. Like, oh yeah, respect people's privacy, but I have a video of you that we took of you and your boyfriend dancing. What? The fuck? Oh my. But she was like, if anyone wants it, I'll send it to them. Blah, blah, blah. And then... I thought about it and I was like, hmm. So me and Blondie have only been to two events at the club she mentioned, Nomad. It's a club that Iranians go to, the Irans go to. So we've only been there twice together. One was that one time that I told you guys on the podcast, we went out with another couple. We went to see Blondish, which is a DJ. If you remember, I told you guys that me and Blondie went to that club and there was a lot of Iranians there and Blondie was dancing with the girl and I was dancing with the guy. And I even told you guys on the podcast that like we kept on switching, right? So I guess, and I told you guys that people around us were looking at us like kibokia kind of thing. Like who's with who? Like is she with him or is he with her? Like, so it could have been that. So I don't know if she saw that night, girl, like that wasn't even my boyfriend. <laughs> And we weren't even dancing that provocatively. Like, we were grinding, but, like, he wasn't... The guy, the other guy, was not, like, kissing me or any doing anything on my neck. So that's a lie. And then the other time that it could have been was when me and Sa... Uh, we, Sa we, we went to see Sabo and Goldcap with Blondie. And for that event, we were just dancing normally. 
And we even left after an hour because the crowd was so bad. So I'm thinking it, it must have been that first night when we went out with that couple. And the sad part is because of her like shitty Iran mentality, she probably just saw us grinding and thinks that this equates to being overtly sexual. <laughs> like, I don't know, man. She's like, yeah, he was all over her neck. They needed a room. That, that never happened. I don't know, man. I, all I have to say is, and like I literally, me and my friends were talking about this and <laughs> my friends were like, Saha, you should message her and ask her for the video. <laughs> and I was like, honestly, yeah. So if you're listening to this and, uh, you know, you either know this girl or saw the little the little minor drama that unfolded. And if you know her, please or if 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 it's you who's listening to this right now, girl, please, please, as at Khahesh Mikonam, post my video. I send it to me and I'll post it. I would love to post it. It's probably super cute. You know, whether it's with Blondie or whether it's with the other guy I was dancing with, why not? Send it to me. I'll post it myself. I'll post it on my feed. I'm waiting for you to post it to me. If you're listening to this and you know her, send this to her. Send this this one. Tell her to listen from one minute to one minute and get her get her this message out because I want that video. <laughs> like I personally want it. <laughs> oh, another thing that she said was that apparently she's like, yeah, all of her best friends even talk shit about her, blah blah blah, which is so fucking weird because none of my friends live outside of downtown. So and clearly this girl was a um, suburb girl. So Richmond Hill is a suburb in Toronto. It's not even in Toronto. It's outside of Toronto where a lot of the Erons live. I think I feel like every city has them. You know, there's a city and then outside the city where the suburbs are, Iranians live. Um, so she lives there. None of my friends live there. Um, I do suspect one person who she maybe could have been referring to. And um that is uh, this girl that she works for who used to be a friend of mine. And listen, if I wanted to start an entire war with the things that I know about this, her, her boss and her relationship and her... <laughs> I could, but I don't want to. I could, but I don't want to because I am older now. I'm 32, turning 33 soon. And I don't have time for this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Iran's be Iranin. Um, again, I will patiently wait to see that video or, or be sent it so I can post it myself because it's probably super cute. So, um, waiting on it, girl. Waiting on it. <laughs> but in conclusion, because of all of this, I have vowed that I will not go to any more events that I know will attract an Iran crowd. Um, my friend Namito, who is also a DJ, came to Toronto last week and I just didn't go. He was like, hey, I'll get you like a ticket. Come check. Out. I was like, no. <laughs> like, granted, I had tickets for something else, but I was like, no, like the promoters of that event were like the Irons from Richmond Hill. And I was like, I am no, never, never again. Uh, Segwaying off of that, me and my friends have found a new group in Toronto that throws parties. They're called Marasim, and they're Arab. And let me tell you, from now on, I am an Iranian who identifies as Arab when partying. Because, bro, I went to Salia this past week, and it was one of the best times that I have ever had at a music event. Everyone is there to dance. Everyone is smiling each at each other. You literally get people coming up to you and joining you and dancing with you randomly. Like people are genuinely there to just dance and have fun. And I get it for sure. Arabs aren't as like um, closed off as Iranians are. They've obviously had more freedoms. Therefore, they know, they understand the culture of partying. I, I understand all the reasons why. I'm just saying Iranians could do better, but they just choose not to because they stay in that shitty Iran mindset. <sighs> Anyways, besides all of this, summer in Toronto again has been trash. <laughs> like, 
the weather has been gloomy. It's rained. You know, summer 2023 has just not been fun or eventful, to be honest. I've, I've been like, I've had nothing else to really tell you guys. Blondie and me have just been, you know, chilling. Oh, my God. We did have a scare. Uh, the Like two weeks ago, my friend Rom, who has been on the podcast before, um, he was in town because he had a concert and we went out one night and naturally, you know, we take a group photo together and I thought, OK, cute. Like he's just going to keep it, whatever. The next day, he posts that photo to his IG story. <laughs> so some of you who follow King Rom totally saw Blondie and like, oops, <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I did get some messages of those of you who saw him. You're like, oh my God, he's super handsome and his dimples and la, 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 la. so thanks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, what else have we been doing? Oh, we've been um, we've been going to dance class together. It's so cute. And honestly, this is a non-negotiable for me. Um, in my last relationship, the person I was with did not dance, did not know how to dance, and didn't even have the confidence to even try to dance or want to learn how to dance. And and if you know me, I'm a dancer through and through. I've been dancing forever. I will always be found in the middle of the dance floor with the most energy, like breaking a sweat, shaking that ass, like doing the most. You know what I mean? So I've been going to, I go to a dance uh, studio and I've been going for a while. And then one day Blondie was like, you know what? I've like, I, before I even met you, I did take a hip hop class. Um, but <laughs> it turned out to be like a, retirement home kind of a podcast so I was all like well ladies but I actually do want to learn some stuff so can you take me to a class and I was like oh my god miracles do happen not even miracles but dreams do come true so I found a beginner hip-hop class and we both go now and honestly this bitch has more swag than I do <laughs> like he's better than me even but for real, like, I'm just, I'm so thankful that he doesn't have that toxic masculinity that a lot of guys would have that would dissuade them from going to a dance class. And I'm also thankful that he has the confidence as someone who has never danced to go and try his best and not give a fuck. And I realize that it's a non-negotiable for me now. Like, if you show negative energy to things like this, it just shows that you probably secretly are a fan of Andrew Tate. Like... You know what I mean? Like, have some confidence. It's not a girly thing to go to a dance class. It's a complete genderless thing to do. And it's a workout. You sweat butt fucking balls. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, uh, it's really cool. I appreciate him. Honestly, having him in my life is awesome. And I, I just, uh, um, yeah, sorry, I had to yawn. Um, I, I wish all of you a blondie in your lives. Segwaying off of that, I I want to talk to you guys about something. I I know social media can be a really toxic place where everyone looks perfect and everyone is always happy and couples seem to be all sunshine and rainbows and sparkles and love and hearts. But I just, I kind of want to smosh that and let you guys know that the reality of the fact is that couples aren't perfect all the time and, and they argue and they have to argue. It's healthy as fuck. Like me and Blondie fight too. Like we just fought last week. <laughs> it's needed. Um, there's a relationship psychologist, Esther Perel. You've probably heard of her before, but she said that relationships follow um, a cycle of harmony, disharmony and repair. And it's not even about the fighting aspect of it. It's about the repair cycle. What you're fighting about doesn't even matter because she says that each fight can be put into three key groups. So the fight is either about power and control or it's about closeness and care or it's about respect and recognition. All fights will fall into one of these three buckets and it doesn't really matter because it's that repair that repairs that bucket that you're fighting about. That's the most important part. If you don't fight, I feel like it means you don't care about each other. The last fight me and Blondie had was just so trivial now. And I think about it and 
I realize, like when I think about it, you know, after I've calmed down, it's still parts of my last relationship that have stayed with me in terms of communication. And it's so funny that when you're in a healthy relationship, it actually takes a long, a good long minute until you erase all the shit that you have had ingrained from past relationships. There, there's some perspectives that I've been taking into account that I think will help you guys. Like whether you're in a relationship or even if you're single, because when you're single, you are in a relationship as well because you're dating yourself. And so some of the perspectives I've been kind of taking into account and I've just been thinking about a lot after talking to my therapist is just, and I I guess I just wanted to share them with you guys. So one thing I've been thinking about a lot and I appreciate in my current relationship is the willingness to grow. I feel like we all have this tendency to want the other person to be a finished product while we give ourselves the grace to evolve, but the other person should be like ready to go right out of the package. And the faster we realize that both people are ever changing and ever evolving, the better our lives will become. I I have a tendency to have a very critical eye over everything. So I have to consistently be mindful and remind myself that I shouldn't be looking at their mistakes and instead look at his willingness to grow because we all have different paces of growth. But make no mistake, again, he has to be willing to grow because if the willingness isn't there, then bye. But if it is, leave some empathy for your partner because you're both on a lifelong journey of evolution and growth. Another thing I've been thinking about is the 100% factor of loving yourself 100%. Because if you love yourself, I don't know, let's say 20%, someone that comes into your life will only offer you 30 or 40% and they'll think that that's a lot and they're doing the most. And you'll think the same, but it's only 30 to 40%. But if you love yourself, like truly love yourself at 100%, the person that comes into your life has to go above and beyond. They have to hit at least 101 to even like spark your interest and for you to be like, wow, okay, they're, they're doing something for me. You know, they, they actually love me. It's genuine. It's real. They want it. They're putting the effort into it. I know it's hard to love yourself. You know, I know that we all have that inner saboteur in our heads that is consistently bringing us down. But with mindfulness and consistent reminders, I, we can circumvent it. Trust me. It's not easy. It's not easy at all. It's, it's way easier to say it. It's Again, it's easier said than done. But it's a full-time job. And someone, I was on live yesterday, and someone said, give me some advice as a 20-year-old. And I said, spend less time with trying to find a relationship and spend more time on the most important relationship, which is the relationship that you have with yourself. Because the people that you date in your teens or your early 20s, most likely they're not going to stick around. So instead of wasting time, which is the most valuable thing we have on them, spend it on yourself. And it will help you in the long run because you will be in your 30s and you won't have made a mistake like me of wasting it on a person who doesn't matter. Don't make the same mistakes I did. Because, yeah, it's work on yourself. Spend that time on yourself. Another thing I've been thinking about is um, I was watching The Indian Matchmaker. And <laughs> for work, albeit. And the main matchmaker lady really made a lot of sense. She said that if you can find someone that hits minimum 80% of what you want in a partner, keep them. Because you will never find 100%. And if you let them go to try and find 
you're going to end up with 50%. And then you're going to regret letting the first 80% guy go. And that's so true. I feel like, especially in this day and age, we're, we're looking for perfection. We're looking for something better, something better, something better. But it's like, no one's ever going to hit 100% for you. So if you find something that hits 80, and that 20% is like things that you could like, you know, you could be okay with, like, just random insignificant things. You know what I mean? Obviously, they can't be like really bad things or else like, what the fuck? Like he's he's 80%, but he's a like pedophile. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. Um, it has to be stuff that you could me too You know what I mean? You could you could turn a blind eye to. Ooh. Um, another thing I've like written notes of like all the things that I've been thinking about because I just write them in my phone. Another thing me and Blondie recently stumbled upon was the this psychologist talking about how when people say relationships are 50-50, it's bullshit. I mean, yeah, it, it is 50-50, but not all the time. Some days you'll be at 30 and he'll pick up the 70. It's, it's just a compromise that you both work together on to always hit that 100% equally and fairly. So what we've started to do is we ask each other, we're like, what are you at today? You know, or... We always say, how are you feeling? Out of 10, I'll say like seven. I'll be like, okay, eight. I'll be like, okay, sometimes I'm a six. You know, he'll be like, I'm a nine today. We always ask each other, how are you feeling? Out of 10, just to check in, just to see, okay, what do I need to pick up slack today? Are you good? How are you feeling? It's just a checkpoint. It's just communication that you need to have if you want to make your relationship work. Ew, look at me being a fake relationship coach. <laughs> Honestly, I've said it once. I've said it a hundred times. I do not claim to be a source of knowledge or this person you should even listen to or take their advice. God knows I've made some fucking shitty ass decisions in life. Okay. So Asan Fiknakonika, I'm saying this as a, oh my God, I know everything. You guys should listen to me. Sign up for my relationship coaching. <laughs> like, No, no, no. It's not like that at all. I'm just literally verbally vomiting like don't even listen to me if anything <laughs> okay let's get into some questions of the oh my god i just open it and the first one is from rom <gasps> okay so let me give you context when we were sitting and talking we went to this bar we had a couple of drinks we're talking he's telling me about his sex capades and all the stuff he's been doing and i tell him about some of mine and i just look at his head and he's bald right so i was like rom have you ever put lube on your head and have a girl rub her vagina on it? <laughs> he died. So literally his question is, have you ever rubbed your pussy on a bald head? <laughs> I'm dying. Uh, no, I have not. <laughs> but I would love to try. Why? Do you want to Do you wanna try it with me? <laughs> Why? I died. Um, <laughs> uh, next question. What if your boyfriend says he doesn't like going down on you? that's not your boyfriend bro <laughs> that's not your boyfriend he does not deserve to be your boyfriend i have a really big problem with men who says that says this who say this because he probably expects you to <laughs> that dick but he can't blah, 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 that pussy are you kidding me are you fucked no 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 we do not accept throw him out he is not your boyfriend anymore go find one that loves doing it because life is too short to not have your pussy eaten out sorry Sorry, throw him. I'm literally going to message you and be like, have you broken up with him yet? And then we're going to find you a new one. <laughs> Tell us about all the jobs that you've ever had. <laughs> okay. Um, so my first job was at Burger King. I was the front cashier. Um, then I worked at H&M, the first H&M that opened in Vancouver, I worked there as a sales associate. I was still in high school at the time. Then I worked at Kandu, a Persian restaurant where I was a server for, I think, like three or four years, quite quite a long time. Then I worked at Le Chateau, a women's clothing boutique in Vancouver. And then I worked at Viva, a jewelry store in Vancouver. Um and then I worked at, where else did I work? I worked at La Vian Rose in Toronto for a very short time. Then I, like my 
first like big girl job after school was um, I worked at Gap as their visual merchandising team. And then I moved on to their social media team. Then I worked with an agency called Patch, which was a social media agency. And then currently I work for um, one of Canada's biggest entertainment companies called Chorus. And I work on their uh, social media team. So I've had a lot. I've been working since I was like 16. Um, So I've been working for a long time. Um, And sometimes... Sometimes I'm like, oh, damn, these kids who have rich parents are so lucky. Like, I wish I could have had, like, a moment to just enjoy my younger years. But then at the same time, I actually really appreciate the fact that I've had to work because I became financially independent and I was able to do whatever the fuck I wanted. Whereas some of these kids still have to call their mom and tell them that they're coming home late. You know what I mean? (laughs) Or they still live at home which I would die if I lived at home and I was anything older than like 25. Next question is, can a confident girl be submissive at sex? Yeah. Yeah, they can. It's it's like you said, it's two sides of the same coin. Um, I'm super confident. I'm very uh, quote unquote alpha female. Um, but I also enjoy being submissive during sex because why not? It's just different vibes. Sometimes I want to be dominant. Sometimes I want to be submissive. You know, it's like sometimes you want to eat vanilla ice cream. Sometimes you want chocolate ice cream. It's the same thing. It's still ice cream. It's just different flavors. Different strokes for different folks, baby. (laughs) Why am I not attracted to anyone right now? What is happening? Honestly, girl, I say this all the time and I'm sorry This might be bad, but I'm so happy I'm not single because I see the guys out there right now and I, yeah, it's bad. So I don't blame you for not being attracted to anyone because most men are dumb, flat out. Like I said, what did I say? Did I say 98 or 99? 98% of cis heterosexual men are fucking dumb. (laughs) Like, so good luck trying to find that 2%. Find an Allen. That's all I'm saying. Allen will get your juices flowing because the Kens out there, pieces of shit. All of them. Sahar, I have a penis that curves. Is that a good or bad thing for girls? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Um, Blondie's penis is actually slightly curved, um, but it's curved up. Which is, um, it's so nice because when we fuck, it hits my G spot. It like literally, I'm telling you guys, it was like his dick was like made for my vagina. I don't even know. Like it hits exactly where it needs to hit. And I think that's why I come so easily just through penetration. But yeah, it's good. I mean, I've never... I've never seen a dick I didn't like. <laughs> like. I mean, no, that's that's a lie. Um, I did once and it was not cute. It was an uncircumcised dick. There's just harder to maneuver. I think, yeah, circumcised dicks are just easier to work with. But anyways, um, yeah, curvature is fine. Yeah, as long as you like know how to make it work. I've never seen one that curves to the side, but maybe you need to like, sleep on your side and fuck her i don't know like i don't know usually though curvature is fine from from experience from what i've seen with blondie it is awesome (laughs) um it's not the best when like doggy style because again it doesn't it's hitting the opposite side so it's not as great because it curves up but missionary ooh, i can come in like two seconds literally um Doggy style, it takes a lot more effort because, again, it's not like the underside is rubbing up against it and it's not the actual tip that's curved up. So, yeah, you you give some, you take some, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yeah, overall, we, we stan a uh, dick in any color, shape, and size. I was like, do we really stand every dick in every size? I mean, yes, I know body, body positivity. We love everyone, but... I'm not going to lie. If it's too small, it's not going to do much. 
So we might not like a dick that's too small, but if you can make up for it with other things, we'll be content. You know, if you haven't been blessed in a certain area, become blessed in other areas. Make more use of your fingers or your tongue. You know, if, if you don't have one thing, supplement it with something else. Make it work at the end of the day. Make whatever you have work. <laughs> okay, guys. Um, I think that is it. I love you guys. I hope you are having a good rat or hot girl, guy, they, them, summer. Um, as always, send me your questions for the next episode. Or if you want me to talk about any specific topics, give me a shout. And I will do that until the next episode. Have a fucking awesome time. <laughs> Bye.